0: Welcome to another message from the teaching team at Elevation Church Australia. For more information about our church, service times and locations, visit elevationchurch.com.au. Father, we need the Holy Ghost. We are desperate for a move of God in our lives, in our church. We need your Holy Ghost. We're, we're, we're hungry for the Holy Spirit. We wanna know more about the Holy Spirit. We want you to move in our lives, in our church today. God, have your way. We, 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 we desire, we need, we long for the Holy Ghost to have greater access in our lives. We pray in Jesus' Name. Everyone said Hey, great to be with you, everyone. Uh, So good to have you with us at church, online, those in person. We're starting a brand new series, I Couldn't Be More Excited, where we're teaching on the Holy Spirit. Week one today, we're teaching on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What does that mean? Hang on, you'll find out. Next week, it's about the gifts of the whole, Ghost, what's accessible to us as followers? What gifts are out there? We're gonna teach on that next week. Then there's the power of the Holy Ghost and week four might be my favourite, the filling of the Holy Ghost. Can I say this, don't miss a week. Uh, come each week so that you can hear as we build through Scripture on on the teaching and training of, of the Holy Ghost. If you miss a week, you're kind of not getting the full picture. And then on Monday nights, we're having additional equipping opportunities. So Monday night, tomorrow night, Vicki Simpson, a, a national renowned uh, a prophetic woman, is going to teach us, how do you prophesy? How do you get a word? And this isn't just for a pastor or a leader, this is everyone. Imagine having a word for a fellow worker, a a word for your children, that God would deposit in your heart and you could speak over their lives. These gifts are available to us. And so I wanna make sure we're equipped, we're trained, we're learning all that God has for us. So you can register for tomorrow night and be part of that. Let me open up with a story. When I finished uh, high school, I went on a gap year, hitchhiked around Australia, ended up in far North Queensland. Ran out of money, worked on the bananas for a bit, but that didn't kind of work out, so I got a job as a brickies labourer. I don't know if anyone is familiar with the building industry, but a brickies labourer is kind of like the biggest loser. It's like the worst possible job. I, I, I mean, electricians, you know, they get utes and cars and they get fancy riding and, and, and you know, even the concreters, you know, they, they got gear, they, hard hats. But the brickies labour, he gets nothing. I mean, he's the lowest of the low. Well, what was worse was they would throw me in the back of the truck because I wasn't good enough to be in the cab with, with the others in the aircon. Now I'm stuck in the back of this old truck. Now this truck would only do 70 kilometres an hour we're on the highway, we would back up for miles (laughs) traffic, right? And in far north Queensland, they don't have any M's or Pacific's or no no two-laners, it's all just one lane up there. And so, you know, you would just line up and everyone would just stare at me because I'm in the back of the truck. And they'd be like, pull over, you loser, get off the highway. What are you doing, doing 70? I'm like, I'm not driving, you know, don't get mad at me. And this went on for months. So finally I'd had enough. So I'm a city boy, Pittwater High. I don't know anything about mechanics and stuff, but I knew this car had to be able to go faster. So I pulled the hood uh, while they were at Smoko and I just looked for the cable thing. You know, there's a cable, that accelerator, right? We're good with that. And I thought, well, it's a bit loose. So I thought, what if I tightened it up? surely, you know, we could go faster. So I got this cable, I don't know what I'm doing. I pulled it I put a knot in it and I didn't know if it worked or not until that afternoon. We jump in the truck, we're heading home, hit 60, hit 65, 70, all is good, right? Well, I'm viewing through the back window to see are we going to go faster, 75. Glory to God, it's 80. Oh my gosh, God's moving. We're 90, we crack 100. And I hear the guys in the front cheering. This car, this truck has never gone 100 in 20 years. Suddenly 110, it maxed out. They're hooting, they're hollering. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. No one's staring at me anymore behind all the traffic that we're holding up. And we're like, yeah, this is awesome doing 110. So often as Christians, we live life running at 70. We think we're doing good. We think we're living to the fullness that God has for us. But I believe there's more for us. And the heart that I have for this series is that we would press into God, no matter how long we've been following Him, right? No matter what our age is and understand, okay, God, if there's more, I wanna receive it. If I can do 110, why wouldn't I want to? In fact, I believe there's a 140, there's a 200 out there that we can do. But so many of us, we're stuck doing 70. And I think years ago, there was a real swing towards the spiritual. And then there's been a swing away from the spiritual. And I want us through God's Word to kind of centre us a little bit to embrace all that God has for us. So we good with that, church? So here we go. We're gonna jump in uh, to this series. I'm gonna start with the INC Declaration of Faith. This is our statement as a denomination. This is what we believe. Number one, we believe the Holy Spirit is also fully God, co-equal with both the Father and the Son, the Trinity, which we understand that. We believe He also indwells every believer at the moment of salvation because of The Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, when we're saved, He indwells us. Number three, we believe that baptism of the Holy Spirit or being filled with the Spirit is a distinct and ongoing experience that is promised to every believer. We also believe uh, that believers should desire and pray for the various spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit sovereignly distributes as His will. Today, I'm going to teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What is that? You know, how does that work? So let's start with a foundation of what does baptism mean? Baptism is not a religious word. It's simply a word that means to immerse, to wash, to overwhelm, to submerge. You could say you baptise your car when you give it a wash. You you baptise your kids when you put them in the bathtub. It's not a religious word. It's just a word that describes uh, being submerged or washed or overwhelmed. So Pentecostals identify in Scripture three Baptisms, it's actually three, we'll go through them together quite quickly. Firstly is baptism into the body of Christ. This is when we get saved or being called born again. This is conversion. When we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Saviour by faith, He forgives us. This is the first baptism. 1 Corinthians 12.1, some of us are Jews, some are Gentiles, some are slaves and some are free. Paul's trying to explain this is actually for everyone. But we have all, every one of us, all of us who are followers of Christ, who are Christians, been baptised into one body, that's the body of Christ, by one Spirit. And we all share the same Spirit. So the first baptism is salvation. Second baptism is in water. Now, we're having water baptism in two weeks' time. This is something that Scripture commands us to do. This is not salvation. Water baptism is an outward expression of what God has done inside our heart when we're saved. It's actually a declaration to the world, but it's very spiritual. When you go through the waters of baptism, you're basically saying my old life My old ways, I'm laying down, I'm coming up new through Christ and living a new life. I'm born again, I'm changed. Water baptism, it's essential, It's very powerful too. A lot of people are set free through water baptism. A lot of people may get a prophetic word and something breaks through in their life. So if you haven't been water baptised, this is your next step, Uh, that's in two weeks time. And then finally we have baptism in the Spirit or filled with the Spirit, Spirit filled, receiving the Spirit, you may have heard those terms. Jesus said in Acts 1 5, John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be what? You'll be baptized, immersed, submerged, overwhelmed with the Holy Spirit. Now I love how Jesus gives us the example of these three baptisms. Jesus himself, he was conceived by the Spirit through the virgin birth. Then he was water baptized by John. Then as he came up out of the waters of baptisms, a dove, the spirit, descended on him and he began. His earthly ministry. It's often the baptism of the Holy Spirit begins your ministry on earth. Doesn't necessarily mean ministry in church. It means the calling that God has for your life. And so today, I I can't answer every question you have. That's why you've got to keep coming back for the next three weeks. But I do want to start to lay a foundation based on God's Word so we can embrace this journey that we're going to go on together. There are five examples I want to share in Scripture about being baptised with the Holy Spirit. In fact, as we planned this uh, week uh, message, I really wanted to use Scripture to kind of till the ground. To, to be like a, a plough going through the soil, uh, opening our hearts up, letting God's Word come through and impact your heart to prepare you for what I think is gonna be something significant as we come back to worship in a few moments time. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to work in your heart. I believe He wants to fuel you, wants to touch you. I, I'm believing for an open heaven. So I'm kind of the preacher setting up the worship Often in church, it's the reverse, the kind of the worship builds faith and, and sets up the stage or the scene for the, the preacher to develop. It's a bit reverse today. I wanna use the Scripture to set us up to encounter the Holy Spirit in worship. Are we, are we good with that? So it's gonna be some heavy teaching, but I believe that's important to prepare us for what's going to come. So the first example was Peter preaches the first Gospel message. Think about it. Jesus died, rose again, Peter's out there, preaches the Gospel. Remember the Gospel I shared last week? Four four areas of the Gospel. If you didn't hear that, you can get online and listen to it. And Peter preaches and all the people are, oh my gosh, what do I do now? And here's what Peter said. Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptised, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you, and this is what will happen next and after, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. who's this promise for? This promise is for you and your children and all who are far off and all whom the Lord our God is called. This gift of the Holy Spirit is available to everybody from that moment forward. Edward Schweitz, a famous scholar writes, the New Testament teaching teaches the existence, the availability, The desirability of receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit is an experience for all Christians, not just for a select few, it's available to everyone. He also says, this experience is separate from the conversion experience, though it may happen immediately upon conversion or sometime afterward. The second example in Scripture is salvation of the Samaritans. Now the Samaritans weren't Jews because the Christianity came through Jesus, who was a Jew, through Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. And so initially it was all Jewish followers of Christ. But then God had a plan to take it beyond the Jews to the Gentiles and Samaritans were some of those. We see the story in Acts eight fourteen when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that the people of Samaria had accepted God's message, they sent Peter and John there. They're a little upset, actually, if you study Scripture, these Jewish leaders, that Samaritans who they frowned upon and looked down upon, they're a mixed race. Um, they they were kind of racist, honestly, that they would accept Christ. But Jesus clearly demonstrated His love for all of mankind. They sent Peter and John. As soon as they arrived, they prayed for these new believers to receive what? to receive the Holy Spirit. They were already saved, but they hadn't received the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit had not yet come upon any of them, for they had only been baptised, immersed, remember that word, you know, overwhelmed, um, submerged, only been baptised in the name of the Lord Jesus. They'd only been saved. They haven't actually received the Holy Spirit. Then Peter and John, what did they do? They laid hands on these believers, they were already saved, and they received what? Come on, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit came upon them after salvation. Now, when we're saved, because of the Trinity, uh, Father, Son, the Holy Ghost, actually we have the Holy Spirit in us, but there is an additional filling, additional baptism. Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6.19 that we are a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in us. But there is a separate filling, it's called the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Let's have another example, Saul and his conversion. Saul was a Jew, given authority by the Jewish leaders to stamp out Christianity, it was called The Way. And so he was authorized um, by the laws of the day through the Pharisees and the Sadducees to actually arrest Christians, even put them to death. So he's on the hunt, trying to find believers to destroy this religion, and he's heading to Damascus. All of a sudden, a light from heaven shines upon him. He's blinded, falls off his donkey, he hears a voice audible from Jesus Saul, Saul, why are you? Persecuting me. An amazing encounter with God. Then God tells a believer in Damascus to go to Saul and pray that he may see. Now, this guy's name is Ananias, and he's like, No way, no chance. I've heard about Paul. He's bad news. I'm not going to go pray for that guy. And here's the challenge when we start pursuing the Holy Spirit. He may ask us to do things we're not quite comfortable with. He may push us into areas we're not usually been in before. But that's when he shows up and does his greatest work. So Ananias says, okay, Ananias says, I'll do it. And so he goes in verse 17, so Ananias went to find uh, found Saul. He laid hands on him and said, brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you might regain your sight and what? And be filled with the Holy Spirit. Remember, he was converted three days earlier when he heard Christ and accepted Christ and believed by faith, he was changed. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is a distinct encounter of the Holy Spirit that gives the believer access to the Holy Spirit's power in a way previously unknown to them. Let's go to another example. Cornelius and his household. Let's pick up this story in Acts 10 verse 1. In Caesarea, there lived a Roman army officer named Cornelius, who was a captain of the Italian regiment. He was a devout, God-fearing man. He was religious, but he actually hadn't been saved. Okay, as was everyone in his household. He gave generously to the poor and prayed regularly to God. So he's a good guy. He's a religious guy. But he actually hadn't received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Saviour, nor had he been baptised in the Holy Spirit. So we find that Christ sends Peter to preach the Gospel to these Gentiles. And he happens to find himself in Cornelius' home. And he's teaching this family. And he says in Acts 10:43, "He is the one all the prophets testified about." Peter's talking about Christ, sharing the gospel, saying that everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. So, Peter shares the gospel, something happens at this moment. They hear the truth, they believe the truth, They're actually saved and check out what happens next. It's wonderful. Verse 44. Even as Peter was saying these things, the Holy Spirit fell upon all who were listening to the message. The Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed that the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles too. For they heard them speaking in other tongues and praising the Lord. Often tongues was evidence of the infilling or the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So Peter is amazed. He goes back to head office in Jerusalem to try to explain this thing's just taken off. It's out of control. Everyone's receiving Christ and they're all getting baptised like we were. And initially they're kind of mad. And we pick up the story in Acts eleven fifteen. As I began to speak, Peter continued, the Holy Spirit fell on them just as He fell on us at the beginning. When I thought of the Lord's words, when He said, John will baptise you with water, but you will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. And since God gave these Gentiles the same gift He gave us, When we believed in the Lord Jesus Christ, who am I to stand in the way? So Peter's basically saying, look, the Holy Spirit's moving, people are getting converted, they're being filled. I'm not doing it, God's doing it. And finally, we find in our last example in Scripture for today is the Ephesian men, there's 12 of them in Acts 19 verse 1. While Apollos was in Corinth, Paul travelled through the interior regions until he reached Ephesus on the coast where he found several believers. Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? He asked them. No, they replied. We haven't even heard that there's a Holy Spirit. Then what baptism did you experience, he asked. They said, the baptism of John. Paul said John's baptism called for repentance from sin. But John himself told the people to believe in the One who would come later, meaning Jesus. As soon as they heard this, they were baptised in the Name of the Lord Jesus. So they were saved, right? They were converted. You you with me? Then... When Paul laid his hands on them, so this is after the conversion, what happens? The Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in other tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. As we look at these five examples from Scripture, there's kind of eight lessons that are really clear, just one sentence lessons I wanna share with you. The first one, Baptism or filled with the Holy Spirit is a separate experience from salvation. All right, we're good with that. Number two, baptism or filled with the Spirit is not required for salvation, nor is water baptism required for salvation. These are made available to all believers after salvation. Number three, baptism or filled with the Spirit happen to individuals, And groups, We see that God chooses to do it however He wants. (laughs) Um, There was sometimes it was just an individual, sometimes it was done in a large group. Baptism or filled in the Spirit occurred with laying on of hands and also without laying on of hands. In other words, you can't put God in a box. There's not this formula, God's God. The Holy Spirit is available. We just need to be hungry and desire it. Number five, baptism or filled with the Spirit is a gift we can't earn. It's not for those who are better, not for those who are more religious, not for those who are, you know, famous. You can't earn it. It's a free gift that God gives sovereignly. Baptism or filled with the Holy Spirit is for every believer. Baptism or filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't rule out additional Experiences of the Spirit. We'll teach more on those in the next coming weeks. And finally, baptism or filled with the Holy Spirit is often accompanied with speaking in tongues, as shown out of three of the five examples. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the Holy Spirit. In fact, Jesus, you said, I must go so the Holy Spirit can come. Father, I pray over these next minutes that You would fill us. I pray You would descend from heaven upon us. I pray God we would experience You, maybe like never before. That being filled with the Holy Spirit is available to every believer and we desire it. We're hungry for it. We, we want more of You in our lives so that we can give You more glory and more honour. God, this isn't something we can fabricate as humans. We can't do it intellectually. This is by faith. This is by Your sovereign move. This is by the Spirit of God. But I believe we have a place to play, just like in the Gospel, with our response. Father, we open our hearts to You. We ask You to move in our lives, to fill us, Church, as we worship, I want us to stand to our feet. Father, would You move today on every person? Holy Spirit, have Your way today. We give You space. We give You room to do it only You can. We open our hearts to receive. If you want to receive a filling of the Holy Spirit, Just open your hearts, raise your hands as an act of surrender. Father, would you move over our church? I baptise every person here in the name of the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit. I baptise them in a filling of your Spirit. God, do something special and wonderful. God, we're hungry for you. God, move in our lives. We desire you. Have your way. We pray.